0: as the Chief Minister is heading into that National Cabinet meeting very shortly and joins me on the line right now. Good morning to you, Chief Minister. day, Katie. Now, uh, talking a little bit earlier than what we usually do, do due to the National Cabinet, which I will ask you about very shortly... But first on the agenda today is the ICAC. Now the Northern Territory Police Association came out on Friday and said they're disgusted by the grandstanding of the ICAC Commissioner Ken Fleming during estimates last week. The scathing criticism follows the ICAC Commissioner going into details about a whistleblower during the estimates process and comments around his ability to force a journalist to reveal his sources. As we know, Sky News reported his office was being investigated over allegations it was awarded contracts, Uh, well, it awarded contracts to a company owned by the boyfriend of a senior director. Chief Minister, do you agree that there needs to be an investigation into how these contracts within the ICAC are awarded?
1: So Bruce McClintock, who is the independent investigator into the ICAC, is currently investigating uh, that matter. I had spoken with uh, Bruce McClintock as the independent inspector. Um, he will he will be providing a report uh, to me on a formal report upon the investigation. So that is currently happening that there is an independent investigation.
0: Will that formal report be made public?
1: Yeah, I'll be tabling that. Um in Parliament, depending on when I obviously I receive
0: it. OK, do you think that the Commissioner Ken Fleming's comments that the whistleblower in this instance was a disgruntled employee who was driven by jealousy were appropriate comments to make, given his role and standing in the community?
1: I think everybody should respect an independent investigation, particularly someone who is part of that investigation, and particularly someone who is, in their own right, an independent investigator. So I, I don't think they were wise comments, the comments are on upon a subject which is actively being investigated and I've confirmed that with Bruce McClintock as the independent investigator into the ICAC and that investigation is ongoing
0: Okay, the Police Association President Paul McHugh said on Friday that the whole concept of protection of witnesses who come forward with allegations of corrupt behaviour is fundamental to the success of the ICAC Mr McHugh said, it seems when that whistleblower is complaining about the ICAC itself, they'll be threatened with exposure by the Commissioner charged with protecting them do these comments demonstrate a double standard?
1: We will see, soon see what the independent investigator determines at the end of his investigation. Yeah,
0: but I'm not asking about the actual investigation. Okay. What I'm asking about is the comments. Do these comments demonstrate a double standard?
1: The I believe the ICAC was unwise in commenting upon an investigation that is occurring and the investigation that's occurring, obviously, we'll have a report which will discuss everything, including the actions of the ICAC.
0: Were the comments a contravention of the ICAC
1: Act? Um, Well, that's while we have an independent investigator, be able to make determinations like that.
0: And so that independent investigator is obviously taking a close look into everything. I do note, though, that the ICAC Commissioner also said uh, through the process that journalists are not protected by Section 127A of the Uniform Evidence Act uh, because uh, he is not a judicial entity. Would you support the ICAC Commissioner forcing a journalist to reveal their source?
1: I believe journalists do a very important role holding people to account, myself, the ICAT commissioner, others, uh, and I believe they should have the ability to do their jobs. I also recognise the importance of making sure that we can track corruption wherever it occurs. I've asked the, Greg Shanahan, the former CEO of Department of Attorney General and Justice, who's doing a review into the ICAC at the moment to include that as part of his review. I want to make sure we've got the powers, the balance of powers in the right spot so that journalists can genuinely do their jobs. But also, obviously, if there is corruption that needs to be investigated, the ICAC can do that. I understand I understand um, the importance of that. But journalists must be able to do their job. Well,
0: it does sound like you're hedging your bets either way. I mean, do you think it's appropriate that a journalist could be forced to reveal their source?
1: No, that's what I'm saying. The journalist should be able to do their job. So I absolutely believe in the protection of journalists to be able to do their job.
0: OK, now, today, the ICAC inspector, Bruce McClintock, SC, the man charged with conducting the investigation into how these contracts within the ICAC are awarded, says that he's unable to take action against the commissioner, Ken Fleming, for attacking a whistleblower during budget estimates as the comments were protected by parliamentary privilege. Now, the Northern Territory Parliament does indeed have the power to refer the ICAC commissioner to its Privileges Committee, though... Are you going to be doing that?
1: Yes, yeah, so I discussed this with Bruce McClintock directly as the independent investigator. So he can... While he's not investigating the comments themselves, he can be informed by the comments and the comments were upon a subject he is absolutely investigating right now. And... I've confirmed with him if necessary. He can make a recommendation to Parliament at the end of his report about what we should do, and the point in time that we would act will be at the conclusion of his independent investigation, so that we as a government aren't interfering in that independent investigation. So,
0: when are you anticipating that investigation, and uh, and the outcomes are going to come out?
1: Well, that that will be for obviously Bruce to determine, but I I, I imagine it will be sooner rather than later. I, 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 as I recall, he hasn't given me a due date if that makes sense but he's actively investigating it at the moment
0: okay will you allow the whistleblower the opportunity to respond to the comments made in the parliament
1: so everybody has a right of reply um as, as i understand it under the standing orders uh, the whistleblower um ha- i believe hasn't actually been specifically identified yet so they may want to consider whether they want to identify themselves but you have a right of reply through the parliament
0: so you will allow that that right of reply, reply through the parliament
1: Well oh, we've never we've never well i've never blocked Right, it's used rarely, but we've never blocked the right of reply. There's a, there's a process through the Parliament where you can have a right of reply.
0: So, as far as you're concerned, that person should be given the opportunity to respond?
1: Uh, yes, so, so my, as, as I understand the standing orders, they're very clear that, that if you feel that um, you'll essentially be mentioned or, or uh, be talked about in the Parliament, and that, that this applies to me as a member of the Parliament, if I, as Chief Minister, say something, you have the right to reply through the Parliament as well, because you're not present in the Parliament. So there is a total process around that, which is which is, which is is there. OK, Chief, really so,
0: the latest situation follows the ICAC Commissioner wrongly outing two people after failing to check his junk mail, and a lot of people were very concerned that the ICAC Commissioner was uh, front and centre at a rally in Alice Springs in 2019, telling the crowd that Black Lives Matter and anyone who says contrary to that is guilty of corrupt behaviour. Do you still have confidence in the ICAC Commissioner?
1: I have confidence in the ICAC, the commissioner, and the process, which includes the independent investigator. So after the ICAC made the comments he did last year, the independent investigator asked him to declare a conflict and stand aside, which he did, so it showed the independent investigator uh, role works. The ICAC obviously apologised and recognised the severity of the error and the denial of natural justice in in the other incident as well. So at the moment, the system... Is working. I'd like the system, you, you know, you don't want the system to have to do the work. You'd rather the system wasn't required to do the work, but at the moment the system seems to be strong and doing the work. First time we've ever had an ICAC in the Northern Territory, and so a lot of these things have been tested for the first time.
0: Now, the Police Association says that the ICAC Commissioner's appointment is now clearly untenable, and the fact he remains is a reflection on the weak leadership of Chief Minister Michael Gunner, um, who is, and you are indeed, the responsible minister. Do you need to intervene here?
1: I think there's a a very important point here. This is the first time we've ever had an ICAC in the Northern Territory. I think it's critical that as a chief minister, as a government, we do not create a precedent of direct intervention into the work of an ICAC. I think that would be a very dangerous precedent. The ICAC's work, the first commissioner's work, concludes on July 5. That's not that long away. Um... There is an ongoing investigation upon the matter which the police are commenting, so I think it would also be unwise for me to act and interfere in the middle of an investigation that hasn't concluded. And I, gen- I genuinely did not want to create a precedent of Chief Ministers being able to directly interfere with the work of the, the ICAC or the independent investigator into the ICAC. I think that would be a very dangerous precedent to set.
0: So at this point in time, you feel quite confident and happy with the ICAC remaining in that role until July 5th?
1: I am confident in all the processes, processes we've established from the ICAC to the ICAC Commissioner to the independent investigator into the IACAC. and so there's obviously independent investigation occurring right now and we'll see what the outcome of that independent investigation is. The appropriate time to act is obviously at the conclusion of the investigation based on all the evidence and the recommendations made. I think all of us would understand. I think police more than anyone would understand the appropriateness of that.
0: Okay, I'm very mindful of your time. I know you do need to rush off but I do want to ask, uh, is this situation going to cloud any reports which are due to be handed down?
1: I hope not. I uh, I hope that all reports that Get handed down by the ICAC can stand on on their own merit, um, and I take him very seriously. That's that's, how, that's certainly the process. i the path I'll be taking to anything the ICAC does is to treat any matters that come forward with complete seriousness.
0: Okay, we know that the ICAC said in estimates that there are three matters that will be released before he goes. If not, then it will be a very short time after that. Have you or anyone in your office been given those reports yet? No. So when are we expecting them?
1: That would be a question to the ICAC.
0: Okay. Um, Just finally, and I will ask it again, you are confident uh, in the ICAC Commissioner at this point in time?
1: I I believe he's taken on a very serious responsibility to be our first ever Commissioner. Um, I believe he's testing all our processes, and that includes the work of the independent investigator. Um, And I will obviously treat very very seriously any report he hands down between now and at conclusion of his first term of duty on July 5, um, a very big, important role to get ICAC established in the Territory for the first time.
0: Um, we do know that Inspector Bruce McClintock SC at the moment is also uh, on another very high profile case uh, nationally. Do you think that that is going to delay the report that he's conducting here in the Territory?
1: Oh, when I spoke with him, he didn't, he didn't seem to indicate that he felt he'd been delayed or hampered by any of his work. Um, He He didn't raise that with me in terms of he needed more resources or more time or or felt overworked. He he, he seemed confident and capable of carrying out his duty.
0: Okay, Chief Minister, uh, just upon wrapping up, I know that National Cabinet's meeting this morning. That is why uh, we're in a bit of a hurry today. Don't want to make you too late, but AstraZeneca is on the agenda uh, following that advice last week for those aged 50 to 60. 60. What news are you expecting in this space this morning?
1: Oh, I'm interested in supply. So Operation COVID Shield that the Prime Minister and Australian Government is running, uh, led by General JJ, is a part of the logistics and supply chain for Pfizer more than anything. We saw an extra 20,000 people and 40,000 doses um, essentially of demand with the announcement on, was it Thursday or Friday last week? So um, for me, I need to have some confidence around our our supply of the next couple of months around the Pfizer. So... um, for me, that that's the most important thing that we need to discuss now because that was unanticipated demand that we now have.
0: Do we have enough?
1: Well, I, I don't know, Katie. To be honest, this is this is a, a new decision. We had enough for how we were handling it. We obviously all our decisions around vaccine to be done in cooperation with the Australian government. The decision last week was obviously unanticipated. Um, we we absolutely have enough Pfizer from now to the end of the year. It's just more about how do you handle the next couple of months because there's been now. Quite genuinely, I, I like this an increase in demand, um, and I don't know how they're going to match fires to that expected increase in demand over the next couple of months. We had the fires we needed to be able to handle it. Now we've got extra, you know, what forty thousand doses, twenty thousand people putting their hand up. So we've got to work out how we manage that,
0: Chief Minister. Just very quickly, a question from one of our listeners: Greater Melbourne remains a declared hotspot, as I understand it, at this point. How much longer can we expect that to stay in place?
1: So I'll get advice from um, the Acting Premier for Victoria today at National Cabinet, as I will from the Premier of New South Wales at National Cabinet. Uh, Dr Heggie will be in the AHPPC meeting this afternoon with all the Chief Health Officers and we'll have a SEMPSI this afternoon at three o'clock to review all, all that advice and see whether our settings are right or need to be changed in any way. Chief
0: Minister Michael Gunner, we appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Thanks, Katie. You are listening to Mix 104.9's 360 and a short sharp interview this morning because we know that the chief minister is indeed uh, rushing to get to that uh, to that meeting with uh, the states and territory leaders